it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold on, I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC Fight Night Walker versus Hill review and a preview of Makachev versus Green Fight Night coming up on Saturday. Tom, can you believe the amount of fights we get to talk about tonight? Tom, how are you? Joe, I'm great. Uh, you've got me laughing already about that intro. That's, that's one hell of a hook for people to buy into right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really... Wow. Can it get any sexier than a fight night with, with a, a review? Uh, with a... With a review of a co of a main event that was actually a co-main event, uh, and a fight night with a last-minute replacement in the main event. Um, listeners, don't get hard too quick. This is going to be a good old slop fest between me and Tom. But Tom, how are you? First of all, yeah, Joe, keeping well here. I'm uh, back at the grindstone. Um, the pod isn't quite sustaining me, so I do need to work outside of these hours. Um, however, today, my work was suspended due to weather. Big storm rolling in. Roads closed. Yes, same same at my job as well. That happened on Friday and possibly tomorrow as well. Cannot wait to turn, turn people away from the good old railway and say you should not travel. Anyway, I've revealed way too much about myself just now. Let's get into this fight night, Tom. Uh... I don't know why I'm talking like this, but Jamal Hill uh, versus Johnny Walker in the main event, light heavyweight, two men going in clearly opposite directions, one to the canvas and the other into Dana White's heart. Uh, Jamal Hill knocks out Johnny Walker in I, I, the most comical of reactions possible. Johnny Walker, a man who defies physics even in defeat. Wow. Uh, Tom... What did you make well, of this? This was mad, I think you summed it? it up pretty well there, Joe. I mean, uh, Johnny, he's it's a cartoonish movement. Everything's so exaggerated and over the top all the time, and he's outdone himself yeah. with that fall. Um, <laughs> it, so to put it into words, Joe, crazy, timber, sleep. Yeah, it was that was insane. And okay, let's give the credit first, Jamal Hill for the two minutes and 40 seconds of this fight before the knockout was fighting Southpaw, realised it wasn't working for him, so switched to orthodox, and then within five seconds landed a monstrous shot to the top of Walker's head. Yeah. It was, incre- it was a really good tactical switch. Great work from Hill, and exactly what uh, you would expect from a man who does have some pretty good hands up there at light heavyweight. Um Moves a little bit differently, and in this case, yeah, switch stances, stepped off that centre line, uh, out of the slightly out of the way of um, mm. Johnny Walker's jab, and and just landed that right over the top. Very nice mm. work. The sweet science at its best. It was really quite lovely, and also having previously that evening watched the Amir Khan Kelbrook slop fest, it was nice to see something that wasn't. As totally disgusting as that. This was, um, it was really quite lovely work from Hill. And it was nice to see a guy on the come up. This is nice to see a guy recover from a defeat to Paul Craig, which was a weirdly nasty loss where he had the arm issue. And what the arm issue? Where 
the arm. It dislocated, didn't it? But immediately popped back in. Um, clearly had a bit of a, an issue with Craig on the ground. Again, no, no disrespect meant in that way whatsoever. And then comes back with two hellacious finishes after that. Uh, all within the space of about three months as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, over Jimmy Crew and Johnny Jimmy Walker. Crew back at the beginning of December, that was. And um, yeah. and that was another guy who we thought was on the come up, but has, has since been turned away after that loss to um, to Hill. Yeah. Crew's getting very serious knee injury, uh, knee surgery, I should say, as well. So he's going to be out for the rest of the year, uh, sadly. Because Jimmy Crew's a fighter I quite like watching, personally. I think he's got, you know, a bit of a... Um, rough and tumble style which I think is uh, always uh, appreciated particularly on this pod but uh, Jamal Hill really on the come up here I'm so happy that he's turned that around because a loss to Paul Craig like that could have been uh, not damning per se but it could have been like exposing to a certain extent and instead he's managed to just put two people away in emphatic fashion in, um, in his, sorry, yeah, Joe, I didn't mean to jump and cut you off there, but no, I was no, just going to, uh, in the man's own words, it's time to stop doubting and, and start believing. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm I'm in on this train. I like Jamal mm-hmm. Hill. I like his attitude. I like his style. And I like the fact that he's a finisher as well. This is, he, he, this does, is... he does cut uh, an interesting character there at Light Heavyweight. And especially here, you know, when you look at him uh, lined up next to Johnny Walker... Uh, truly their kind of stature build <laughs> muscle definition it, it's yeah. a mismatch that yeah it really is jamal hill's kind of got all this weird not i don't mean to insult him, the man's an athlete here but he's got a unique slender man frame. slender man feel yeah he's very very slender and then johnny walker who is six seven he's taller than me and i am a tall man as tom can attest taller than me he's ripped and it just has it just cannot put it together whatsoever. Um, we'll get to Johnny Walker in a second, but Jamal Hill, we like to do this on a review episode, Tom. But what do you want to see from next? I mean, let's just say it is a delectable buffet of options for him at light heavyweight, and I cannot wait to see what he does. Absolutely, with. absolutely. Well, of course, it's uh, yeah, it's a striker's kind of showdown there in the top ten, so it's easy to keep him away from the likes of um, well, really. The only other ground specialist in there outside of Paul Craig, which would be the current champ, Clover Teixeira. Uh, I'm saying we... I'm, <laughs> Uncle Glover. Oh, God, it, it really warms my heart to know he's a light heavyweight Any champ. excuse to just drop that in there on the pod. But the thing is, outside of Glover, you, you pick out anyone in the top ten there and you're going to have a nice, interesting matchup. Likely most of it taking place on the feet. Um, mm. If I'm, if I'm uh, Hill's manager... I think I'm lobbying for someone like uh, Uzdemir or welcome maybe Paolo Costa into the division. Yeah, I, I'm i similar. I think Anthony Smith might be a good favourable one to long-rangey strikers who are willing to sort of get into it. And also Anthony Smith has does have a little bit of an underrated yeah. ground game as well. And has, it could I take think Smith... Do you think it might be a step I, well, too far? I, I do think Smith would be looking to mix it up there on, on the ground and introduce his kind of wider game. And given the vulnerability mm. we saw for Jamahal, Jam, Jamahal, Jam, Jamal, Jamal, <laughs> you're struggling. Uh, Jamahal, is it? Yeah, is it Jamal Hill or is it Jamahal? I don't think we could. It's spelled we Jamahal. can't pull it off, Joe. This is the, it's the problem. Jamal. We need a more diverse voice in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Two is two crackers, <laughs> motherfuckers trying to pronounce that name is not going to go well. 
Um, I I think <laughs> Smith might be a reach. I do. If if I'm if I'm picking a matchup for him, I'm going for someone like uh, like Ustamir. Actually, I quite quite like that. Ustamir is a good show. Our boy Volkan Ustamir, we're both T- friends. Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos has Ankalaya fixed, um, which is oh Ooh. my god, Ankalaya future champion potential potentially. I think uh, could be a rough night for Tiago there. Maybe Dominic Reyes. Was that too far as well? Um, I mean, Reyes on a three-fight slide now. I know, but I'm always just so excited to push these guys. Like, let's see what... You know what? I actually agree. I think Paolo Costa would be a good one. At light heavyweight, say to Costa, you've got one fight left. You're not a fucking middleweight. You're a light heavyweight. You can fight this Jamal Hill. Sign a new contract after that if you want. Or, you know, the PFL, Bellator. Who you got, Joe? Costa versus uh, Hill. Hill. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, right. Should we talk about Johnny Walker? I think we have to. Do you remember when Johnny Walker was supposed to beat John Jones? Do you remember? Do you remember when that was? That, supposed to that is crazy. That and you know what? What's crazy, Joe? I was I was ready to watch that fight. <laughs> I was I was asking those questions. You know, not. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't was ever tip like you know. I didn't ever tip over. The, you know, I went up on the on the train, but I didn't like cascade off um, into that yeah. kind of. It's not like sorry, it's not like me and you with like who are guys that we're fully on board with like from the. Be- I mean, like all right, like now we're talking about like Hamza. Like, do you know what I mean? Where it's like a guy who's just like incredible, or like for me now, Savkat Rapunov <laughs> is a guy who I'm just like I've I've rewatched all of his fights, and I'm just like I'm so on board with this guy. Johnny Walker, I was never quite fully on board with him. And then when he found out that there were levels to this game, as Corey Anderson pointed out to him, it's been a slippery slope. Let let me just lay this down. So you mentioned Corey Anderson there. That was a brutal TKO. Follows that up up with a kind of of non-event against Krilov, which he lost a decision in. That That was a really boring non-performance which Krilov does seem to pull out of a few people um, went on had a bit of resurgence against Ryan Spann who I'm sorry he's an absolute mark not much <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it, it, you're a jabroni and he's, you're a mark he, okay, he, that, you've got it there Joe I don't know why it kills me yeah. every promo I see with that guy um, and then by the way, do you remember that fight, the Span Walker fight? Span rocked, rocked him. him badly twice, and then Span's corner tried to claim it was shots to the back of the head when he was like he was elbowing him to the <laughs> ear, and it's just like, all right, pal, like I know you're trying to protect your boy, but he ain't much. Is so, he? well, it was a brief resurgence for him there against against Span, and just reminding us, you know, that there is some fun in him, but um, then Thiago Santos, kind of, you know, just easy loss. Um, and, and then this KO here, so that's lost four of his, four of his last five since that. You know, ready to fight John Jones, um, peak hype. Yeah, and he had he had a bit of a weird run as well because he lost to Corey Anderson, then he went to TriStar, which is George Saint Pierre's old gym, and trained under Faraz Sahabi for Krilov and Span, and that didn't go well. And then he's gone to. SBG Island, which is oh no, SBG Island were in for the span fight, I should say. From there, uh, which is John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor's coach, and whatever else, and literally all they've seemed to have done is incorporated feints 
into his game. And it's just like he's just a fighter who just doesn't need that. He's I think he's just a guy who needs to go out there with utmost confidence and just start throwing weird shit basically in the hope that it's gonna land because that's what he is he's a he's basically a meme fighter i think am i am i out of line for saying that tom i feel like I'm I, not- I don't think so joe i don't think so i don't think that you know while whilst it is disparaging and i don't think he'll be changing his nickname anytime soon uh <laughs> <laughs> to johnny the walking meme walker yeah um yeah. It, you know it, that does sum up his kind of style quite accurately, and I think I think yeah. you know what it is, Joe. You, you look back over his record um, before coming into the UFC. He had taken a few knockout losses, um, and I think really yeah. you know it's just a matter of time before he gets caught again. He's on a bad run now. The question really is: Is he a top fifteen guy? Oh, see, Joe, I I think he is. I I think he is. I, you mean the 10 to 15? Yeah, range? yeah, yeah. Okay. What is to you the ideal place for a Johnny Walker fight? Now, can I give you mine? Uh, first fight on the main card of a pay per view of like Johnny Walker versus fucking Alonzo Menafield. Oh, you know, I mean, William Knight. See, so, I see I mean? now. Some, let's get some slot, brother. Eon Joe, I've got to stop you. Now, Joe, I've got to stop you there. Now you're being no? disparaging. <laughs> 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 That's too much. If you're going to put him in there with the likes of... Um... You don't want to see him versus Kutalaba? I mean, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I do have him as a cut above those guys. I think, I think Johnny does pose a, a, a bigger threat than they do, um, and I think Johnny okay. could upset but, some people. Can we, can we talk about the actual knockout itself? That again, I'm so, was that the funniest knockout you've ever seen? Like he sprung out of it, like you know, he did the he did the classic praise the Lord, but in the air, like instead of on the ground. Like do you remember when Rakic knocked out Manawa? He hit that high kick on Manawa, and Manawa landed. He did the arms, you know, flaying in the air. Praise the Lord! And and then that last shot afterwards was disgusting. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Johnny Walker might potentially get cut after this. To be honest, I think it might be one of those situations. What do you think? Or do you think Dana just likes him and just likes having something as funny as him? I do think that. Yes, um, but I also think you know, let's be real uh light heavyweight is it's a little bit thin it's a it's a bitty division and like at the at the top let's go through the top guys you've got glover as a champion you've got blokovitz you've got perhashka you've got rakic dominic reyes would you say even though the three fight losing skids you've got this weird kind of like top middle and then everyone else haven't you and you've got to try and I mean, I think Ankalaev is destined for the top. Uzdemir, you know, Uzdemir Walker, I would watch the show. Yeah, I, was ju- I, mean, I just think that end. makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, you can't By say the way, that Uz- Walker's earned a fight like that. Uzdemir, still ranked, I think, in, in the top 10, just about. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I would... Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's next for Walker. I mean, take some time off, really, and recover. And maybe find a good coach. I don't know. <laughs> Um, right. Should we talk about the rest of this card? Uh, Kyle Dorcas 
submits uh, Jamie Pickett in the co-main event with a Darce choke at the very last second of round one. Just seemed to like muscle his way into it uh, more than anything else. I think Dorcas was very impressive in this fight, personally. Uh, just spamming takedowns a little bit, but... You know. Well, I mean, y- it was working. working. It was working. And um, prior to the fight, he was being very much billed as a striker. And that's, you know, we have seen that from him. Mm. Um, so I thought, yeah, it was good that he, he was able to shoot in and, and really expose expose Jamie Pickett. It was it was a bit of a weird one as well for me. I was almost a little bit disappointed. Do you know what was, the thing is, is that I'm talking about the post-fight thing now, of calling out Tony Ferguson as the Das Knight thing. I just felt a bit weird, the optics of a middleweight who couldn't even really make middleweight for this fight, calling out a lightweight. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? it? That's a strange one. Yeah, that's a strange one. He didn't yeah. do it with much gusto and, either. Uh, yeah, I, felt, I think he felt a bit uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. Some marketing I, man in his in his ear, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what would you like to see next for um, for Dorcas? Just, just some other guy at middleweight, maybe a Julian Marquez. What about maybe? The, what about a uh, Kevin Kevin Holland uh, rematch? Holland's gone down to welterweight. I see. He's fighting. He's fighting Cowboy Oliveira on the Covington Masvidal card. Oof. On the on the cover is is that on the main card? Oh, it's on the I main won't card. say any more then, Joe. Yes, indeed. I cannot wait. I almost gave the game brother. game uh, up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought Dockers looked quite good, personally. I'd like to see him fight someone at middleweight who's, you know, maybe a, maybe a, like a Roman Dolidze, maybe, or, you know, a um, Julian Marquez, as I said. That might be quite a good, good fight, personally. Yep, onwards and upwards. I Onwards and upwards. That's that's what I like to to hear here. Uh, Parker Porter defeats Alan Bordeaux. Can I ask Tom? How did you score this fight, Joe? I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. <laughs> what do you I, mean? I just couldn't, Joe. You didn't watch I, it. I I watched moments, and it, yeah, it, it, it was, was sick. Of, it was I just couldn't do it. it was, it was a terrible it, fight. It, it was. You um, know, we here on Hold On and Talking Brother, we're serious. MMA pundits, and I cannot be yeah. asked to watch the likes of Michael <laughs> Porter and Bodot Bodo. No, Alan Bodo. No, it, no, it, it was not. It was not a good fight. It was not a good fight. Uh, Porter won that quite clearly. Jim Miller, the debut ruiner himself, defeating Nicholas Motta. Let's give it up to my man, Jim Miller, the dirty dog of the lightweight division. Um. Should this fight have been stopped maybe a minute or two earlier? I don't know. I, I was kind of of that. <laughs> the ref didn't agree with you there, Joe. Um, it could have been a standing TKO. Uh, it, was, it was It was a beautiful shot. Let's give credit to Miller for that. Yeah. Um, you know, he had held that right hook back and certainly caught your yeah. man Motter out with it. Um, what I particularly loved in yeah. this fight was, was Felder's summary of Miller. Um, the Two things that come to mind. Did you, did you catch this bit when when you think of Jim Miller? No, I don't remember. Gunpowder and homemade beer. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great bit. Uh, of you know what? From Felder. Yeah, I honestly agreed as well. Oh, Felder though. Um, should we talk about the main event? Just do you remember his line? No, no. Uh, about about Johnny no. Walker. He, he basically he uh, they were watching the replay of Hill knocking out Walker. And he went like. 
sweet dreams, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nasty line by you, brother. Let's just that set that a out there. Line by you. Yeah, that was that was that was horrendous thing to say. But Felder was on good form this night. Right now, let's talk about the real main event here. Joaquin the Buck Buckley does it for his boys. Uh, hold on, I'm talking, brother. Gets the win against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. What do we say about anything more than the Buck? But give him a fucking. <laughs> Uh, get him on the mic that is for sure he had more to give there more to give yeah um, enjoyed it nonetheless I mean this was it was a fun fight Joe it was a fun fight I enjoyed this fight uh, greatly can I just ask how did you how did you score it 2-1 uh, yeah, first, first two rounds 10-9 and dropped off a cliff in, yeah. <laughs> in the third <laughs> what was that so, I mean, it got it got sloppy there in the third. That was two two heavyweight sluggers. Kind <laughs> of that was um, Kimbo Slice and Dada three thousand for a couple of minutes there in the in the third round. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. I've had. Well, actually, I almost said something really disgusting then, which I'm not going to. But it was. Um, fucking hell! That was that was really dropped off a cliff in terms of quality very quickly and. Um, I gotta say, uh, I hope Buckley hits the, the treadmill a bit more. Yeah, yeah, he he disappeared. Um, and although I don't, I don't want him to lose those juicy Mexicans, <laughs> uh, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, a, don't want to lose that pop. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean to get outworked in the third round by Abdul Razak Al Hassan. That is wow. That's I don't even know what you do with that. That's Quite really. <laughs> Let's. All right, but let's talk about Buckley just quickly. I think he's really showing a bit of promise here, personally. He's, I don't think he's a middleweight. Like, he should really think about cutting to welterweight. He's weighing in at 183. Apparently, his walk-around weight is, like, 186. So, I mean, he, sh- he must be able to make welterweight now. And if he can blow up to this weight as a welterweight... I think he'd be able to do some damage down there, man. Do you think? There's a couple of too many wrestlers down there, Joe. Too. Well, don't you think Buckley's offensive wrestling was so impressive in this fight? I thought so personally. I thought we I thought we're looking at this is a man who could unlock Adesanya. Yeah, I think you really get in there in the uh, in the first round and the second round. It was um, it was interesting to see him mix that in. Certainly caught, caught yeah. me off guard. I uh, wasn't really able to get off any ground pound, but. He was landing those takedowns. And then in the second round, some trips as well for... for yeah, lovely. Buck. Yeah, some Derek Lewis-like trips. It was it was really quite something. And some neat hands. Uh, he clearly did not like Al-Hassan touching him at any point, no. though. That was... Al-Hassan has got some absolute fire in those hands, and I can't wait to watch him again. But, yeah, really chuffed for Buckley with this. He's turned it around quite nicely after having a, a couple of little uh, rough spots... Um, you know, first off, with his first fight, I think, which was with uh, Kevin yeah. Holland, and then he has Knocked the uh, DeChirico fight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, both both knockouts, knockout losses. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Uh, Buckley's turned it round. Um, what do we want next for him? Why is he not fighting uh, your man who he's got this beef with? Why is it? Yeah, James Krause. Why is that not happening, Joe? James Krause. I. You know what? I would love that and i like james Krause as well this is not me shitting on james Krause here but first off that fire promo which i will not drop this time but i will on another episode just to just for the fuck of it um 
Yeah, I would love to see that. I think James Chris might have retired, though. I think he's just a coach now, wow. which is a shame, because I enjoy watching him, personally. I, I like James Chris. He's a good fighter. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, just doesn't seem to be happening, sadly. It, it seems obvious after that promo. I mean, how can you not be fired up for that fight after Buckley saying how much he wants to hurt him? I mean, Christ. Um, but what do we want next for him? I mean, do you want to give him some middleweight slop for him to knock out? You know, an Eric Anders or a... <sighs> Uh, Ian Heinish, I love Ian Heinish. That's a beautiful back, but brother, you ain't you ain't making it in the <laughs> UFC with that just that back. There's around. there's plenty of these fellas at um, at middleweight you could match him up with. What about uh, Phil Hawes? Phil Hawes is a good shout. He's not fighting anyone. I'd like that. Phil Hawes. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a juicy swing. <laughs> that is an absolute juicy swanger of a fight. By the way, I was just going through the upcoming fights. I was thinking, oh, what about Chris Curtis? Mm. I- Chris Curtis, he's got a fight booked. He is fighting Drickus Duplessis. I am looking forward to that. I'm delighted Chris Curtis, by the way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that indeed. Right. Um, Tom, should we just... I'd like to briefly, very briefly, touch on this. The fallout of Adesanya versus Whitaker 2. I find that people are extremely desperate to make this a win for Whitaker um, since this happened. I've seen people saying adamantly that he won rounds 2, 4, and 5. I've even seen some claiming he won 3, 4, and 5 over Adesanya, which is just ludicrous. Do you think that this is just an example of MMA fandom, like them turning against Adesanya because maybe he's, you know, not finishing people now and knows when to put his foot on the gas and when to ease off and cruise through fights? Or do you think this is genuinely people thinking Whitaker won this fight? I mean, uh, it's a tricky one with Adesanya because, like, his persona when he came in maybe was you know it was hard to get on board maybe with his ego for some for some people but then you also look at that and you think about his like you know his background you can't take that away and then you wonder like you know why people are really Mm. looking at his ego and picking him out for criticism in the way they did um and the the thing Mm. is it's really channeled here when you've got a guy like like rob whittaker who's you know who's so easy to like the charming family man, basically. You know, he's got the Volkanovsky sort of personality, where it's just like a, just a nice, normal guy who just happens to be one of the best fighters in the world. He's not. He's not quite. Yeah. Uh, you know, down the pub geezer like Volkanovsky, but he's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he. You know. Yeah. He, he's. I think he's got a gaming stream. Is he not? Uh, yeah, to be honest, now I'm thinking about going to the pub with Volkanovski and how much I would like to do that. Um, he'd anyway, put you on. away, Joe. But, uh, yeah, I think he would. <laughs> those under the table any those day. two desperados you had just now. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all rosy cheeks That's after it. that. That's yeah. it. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry, go on, Tom. No, I mean, just... Um, I think it's just that, really, Joe. There's no, there's no, there's no validity to looking at that fight again. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I also find it slightly annoying as well. And this is a weird cultural MMA thing that's happening where good fighter, Robert Whittaker, great fighter, in fact, I should say, loses a title fight to the same guy twice. 
Oh, he should go down to welterweight now. No, he shouldn't go down to welterweight. Stay at middleweight. Like, the guy's not a welterweight. His welterweight record was not that good. He goes up to middleweight and suddenly it all clicks. Maybe it's the fact he's actually a middleweight. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, just don't... Don't try and force this guy into, like, a piece that he... A jigsaw piece that doesn't fit, basically, I think. There's there's certainly no debate about his uh, record at welterweight versus record at middleweight. Um, but he, sure. I don't think you would argue that he, he has come on a long way since then. He's a much better fighter. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean... Would you say a welterweight move's a good idea? That's 15 pounds he'd have to cut. That's pretty it's, big. And I, th- I, he, I, I know he's not a huge middleweight. It's but... another one of these classics ones, ones, Joe. We need a one, we need a 155 and we need 165. We need it. Yeah. Yeah. The sort, what do you mean? Like uh, 165, 175, 185? Yeah. yeah. So where would Whitaker go then? Stay at 185? I think he would come down to, to 175 in that scenario. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. I yeah, yeah. Sorry. Saying. So, like, the, the attention is there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because oh, okay. I, I you, you're, you're right. Fifteen pounds is a long way. It is a long way. But like, yeah. you know, in that scenario, it's a long, it's a long way both ways as well. When they're talking about Usman should move up as well, it's just like, I don't think he should really. I think he's, as you say, a one seventy five. That, that's just it. Yeah. And, uh, and and Whitaker. I mean, would you argue that he's like? At the size of a, of a middleweight, would you? Like he, obviously, his record. I'd say he you can't hold it. Say anything about that. But I think he's defeated. He's defeated legitimate middleweights, though. He defeated. Yeah, Jacqueline. yeah, yeah. Certainly has. You know, Brunson. Has. It's just whether he's giving you know, up a he... little bit more than he needs to. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned the likes of Romero, or Till, Cannonier, Cannonier. Yeah, these are big. These yeah, are bigger. Uh, Cannonier. Yeah, and Whitaker schooled some of them. I mean, the second Romero fight is one that we've debated many a time, but the first one, I think, is undoubtedly a Whitaker win. But I'm just saying, is he leaving um, a little bit on the table there? You know, is he like? There's no question. There's no question that he's that he's proved his his metal. It's just his optimum mm. his optimum wake his peak performance uh, relative to the other guys in this division. It, it is somewhere between those two, between welterweight and middleweight. Most likely, yeah. I mean, I think it's just the case that people often think if you cut down to the absolute bone of what you're able to get to and able to get there comfortably and then fly back up in weight, then that's the best thing to do. But maybe that's not the case for Whitaker because you'd have to put so much more into his diet, so much more into cutting, and take away from training the actual skills to win these fights. Maybe that's what was the original case of being him, him at welterweight. Maybe if he went down now, he'd maybe be able to dominate. You know, maybe he, he is the guy to beat Usman. But I mean, these things are all quite exciting. These <laughs> Joe, they are, you're they are these exciting, sweet words sure. now, and uh, you're making it hard for me to agree with you. I'm not saying I think the guy should move to welterweight. I don't think that's like a, an out for him or a solution. And uh, agreed. But that does does sound. It does, it sound, does sound interesting. There was some nice, nice it does interesting, interesting for questions sure. there. For sure, for sure. Right, should we talk about very quickly this fight night that's coming up on Saturday? We've got uh, Bobby Green versus uh, Islam Makachev. Bobby Green stepping in on less than two weeks' notice to replace Benil Dariush, who has a, a broken tibia and was still tempted to fight oh. Makachev. That was an insane thing to even think about doing. Um, is there... 
a way for Bobby Green to win this fight. Well, we just uh, we're fresh off the back of doing some nice matchmaking for Bobby the King Green, and um, we I think we agreed on Brad Riddell. We certainly we? did not agree on Islam Makachev in two weeks. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it did and not. Joe. I think that we both know there's a reason why we didn't pick that fight for him. Because I, I, I just, yeah. I just, I, you mentioned briefly to me uh, when we were discussing this, it could be, there could be a question there, and I'm, I'm just not having it, Joe. No, the question I was, I was trying to raise any sort of, what are the potential ways for Green to win? And it's like Green's original, original base for combat sports was wrestling. He does have incredibly low hands. Maybe he'd be able to land on Makachev because he's not used to that sort of thing. Makachev striking is not the best. However, I think that when when Makachev gets it to the ground, I just don't think it would go well for Bobby. I King. feel like this is your man. Um, his name escapes me. No, okay. no, sorry. Uh, when Khabib when Khabib got caught, Ally no, Quinter. that also happened. Oh, oh yeah, and it just hung out in the annals for for years to come. I feel like you're saying maybe that kind of moment could happen here. Um, I think it could I, happen. I'm just not. I'm just not having that, Joe. I've, I'm putting my reputation no. on the line. All right, I'm hanging it all out there. Ayakinter is. Uh, Ayakinter. is finished, and and that's it. That's final. Ayakinter is not coming back. I've said it. No. no. Uh, what I am trying to say, Joe. Sorry, I I have not had two desperados. Just to clear any confusion. Okay. Up. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that I just. You know, I'm opening myself to ridicule in the event that something happens. I just see no way, no way uh, that Makachev, who's very cautious, doesn't open himself up to the same risk like Khabib on the feet. I I don't Mm. see how, um, especially after he's had that knockout loss, don't forget. I just don't think he, I just don't think he'll let that happen. I think he'll just smother smother Green and run through him, unfortunately. I'm inclined. I'm inclined to agree as well, and I think also people forget. This is in the apex as well. It's a smaller cage. This is lined up for Makachev. Two weeks' notice, Joe. Yeah, it's not ideal for Green. It's not even at lightweight. It's a catchweight fight, which weirdly is one sixty. So I don't know where that extra five pounds can't be cut. But fine, if he can't cut it, that's not a big deal. I just don't want Makachev to get a title shot off the back no, of this. Yeah, that's that. Can you give him a title shot off the back if he beats Bobby Green? I, I, just just because of the numbers behind him, Joe, I think he's, he's got to be in the picture. I think he's got to be. I think number one contenders fight. And that's what the Dariush fight was. It was a number one contenders fight. It was the perfect line. Bobby Green is not a t- number one contender. If Bobby Green wins this fight, should he get a title shot? Fuck no. If Bobby Green like wins this fight, if, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, get him in there. Two more weeks. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I take that back. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. But I don't know, man. I just I feel a bit weird about jo- it. Jo- anyway, Sorry, we'll you teased about- me there. Can you imagine Bobby Green starches Makachev? <laughs> that, I that, think I'm out. Honestly, I might cry tears of joy. If what that a happens. moment. Like, and that's no offense to Makachev. It's just Bobby Green is just that guy who is just such a such a great guy mate Bobby Green Charles Oliveira <laughs> could you imagine that's if that happened wild. that's wild but I'm in it could happen it could happen and that's what we're hoping for in a weird way I know we kind of want Makachev to win because it's like alright that's the natural order of things but 
Bro, MMA ain't about the natural order of things. This is about Kevin Randleman knocking about knocking out Crow Cop, okay? This is about Michael Bisping knocking out oh. Luke Rockhold, okay? This is Sorry about... again. Fucking... Who else? Give me another one. Fucking... I don't know, whoever. But whatever. I'm saying Bobby Green, if he knocks out Makachev... I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, let me just quickly go through this uh, fight card. I'm going to go up from what I think is the opening of the main card. Pick a name, Tom. Uh, uh, Gregory Rodriguez versus Armand Petrosian uh, at 185. Give me a... The guy that's got armor in his name. He wins that fight (laughs) by decision. He doesn't have an Abraham Lincoln beard, and I don't think he has an animal ah, beard. So that's I've I've aired. Now, fair enough. All right, but the next fight after that, the fight that we're very excited about: Armand Sarukian versus Joel Alvarez. Yep. Uh, Sarukian seventeen and two, Alvarez nineteen and two. I'm really tasty, tasty matchup. Tasty people are, indeed. Uh, what, what well, people thinking? are very, very hot on uh, Sarukian, and rightly so. Um, but Alvarez yes. has, has built quite the run himself and looked pretty, pretty impressive. Um, maybe sleeping on him a little bit. And I'm also in that camp, so I'm going to be picking Sarukian. Yeah, Alvarez, uh, he beat Tiago Moises, uh, uh, Alexander Yakolov, uh, Joe Duffy. Uh, he lost in his debut in the UFC to much like Sarukian, but he, much like Sarukian, who I mean that Makachev fight is incredible. Yeah. Uh, I do you remember that do. one? And then he obviously went on a really good run. But just two guys that I think people are kind of avoiding at all cost. Uh, yeah, Sarukian, I'm go- I'm inclined to agree. Priscilla Cachoeira, uh, fresh off of trying to gouge out Gillian uh, Robertson's eye. Did you, did you see that on the prelims of the? Uh, Last card, she lost. She was in a rear naked choke, and she literally tried to jam her fingers into Gillian Robertson's eye. It was dirty as fuck. Uh, she faces Ji Yeon Kim, a South Korean lightweight with her, a very strange record of nine wins, four losses, and two draws, I believe. Um, I don't know. Do you want to pick a name? I mean, on this podcast, Joe, we're whiter than white. So Kim, Kim takes it. <laughs> No, I don't mean like well, like some sort of white pride thing there. <laughs> easy now, fella. No, yeah, easy, ease off on that. And then Misha Serkinov versus Wellington Terman. Uh, this is a middleweight. Uh, I thought Serkinov was a light. He was, but then Johnny Walker flying need him down the division. Of course. Yeah, he has got a bit of a... Oh, God, he's got a terrible record, hasn't he? Oh, he lost to Jocko in his last fight. Oh, God, I can't pick this guy. I'm going to go uh, Terman for this fight just for the fuck of it. I'm, I'm having to... Uh, second off. Oh, fair enough. Uh, right, listeners, thank you for uh, for joining us on this... Uh, that's that's the co-main. Oh, that's the co-main, brother. God. Not Saruki and Alvarez. Yeah, that is uh, not good. Is there anything on the prelims that's standing out? Alejandro Perez versus Jonathan Martinez, a bantamweight. Nice. It's a bantamweight fight. It's probably nice. going to be good. Uh, right, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We will be back next week to preview the potentially the biggest pay-per-view of the year, Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington in the welterweight division. No belt on the line just a fake grudge that they have worked together to work the fans into thinking they actually don't like each other. 
Uh, we will also be back that week to review the Bobby Green uh, Makachev fight. Only very briefly, of course, because we know what's going to happen in that fight. But yeah, next week we'll be back for Covington Masvidal. Tom, just very quickly, question now. On a scale of 1 to 10, how hyped are you, fight, are you for that uh, fight and pay-per-view in general? Mm. What what is your what is your groin saying? <laughs> what is your heart saying? What is your what is your gut saying? Um, it, it's bubbling away, Joe. It's just, it's picking up. It's, yeah, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's uh, motion is happening down there. And I'm not going to specify oh, wow. in which place exactly, but um, I'm going to give it a a seven right now. A seven. A seven, seven? already. A few I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a gent. I'm going for a gentleman's six personally. That's that's where that's where I'm at for that card. Um, yeah, listeners, thank you for uh, for joining us on this episode. We will be back again next week to break that down. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, Tom. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Joe. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as always, uh, always a pleasure, never a chore, indeed, listeners. <laughs>